From Miami Law, I'm Annette Uges, and this is The Explainer. Even before the new rules, the government had argued that the Flores settlement did not apply to accompanied children. Welcome to the Miami Law Explainer, the legal affairs podcast where Miami Law's experts lend context and historical relevance to today's headlines. In an end run around the decades-old Flores settlement that sets limits on how long children could be held in immigration detention and set standards for their care, the Republican administration has issued new rules that would allow the government to detain indefinitely. Today on our show, we have Romy Lerner, the Associate Director of Miami Law's Immigration Clinic. Lerner is a former supervising attorney at Americans for Immigrant Justice, where she represented low-income immigrants and engaged in policy advocacy. Let's go to executive producer Catherine Skip with the interview. Good morning, Romy. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, so we're looking at the Flores Settlement, which has has been the law of the land since uh, 1997 and has already weathered judicial scrutiny. Can you explain its importance to our listeners? Sure. The Flores Settlement provides basic protections for immigrant children. Most importantly, it provides for prompt release of children from immigration custody to an adult, preferably a parent, and where no adult is available released to a state-licensed unsecure facility. And the state licensing requirement is important to ensure that facilities meet basic standards for protection of children, including proper nutrition, education, and uh, recreation. And toothbrushes. And toothbrushes. Very great. Um, so what kind of handicap would you give the possibility that the administration could push back Flores? Well, even before the new rules, the government had argued that the Flores settlement did not apply to accompanied children. And they tried alternatively to modify the Flores settlement so that it could detain families together. Those arguments failed before the courts and the courts of appeals. Mm -hmm. The issue is this. Research shows that detention inflicts unnecessary trauma on children, whether or not they are detained with a family member. And second, recent evidence of deplorable conditions in facilities where children are detained show that immigration officials can't be trusted to license and monitor themselves as they wish to do under the new rules because they are trying to um, get rid of the requirement that they house these children in state licensed facilities. Um, So do you think they're going to succeed in pushing back Flores or not likely? It's, it's, It's hard to say, but the real issue is do we think this is good policy? And the answer is no. And the the administration would say, oh, well, they're enacting these things to serve as a deterrent so people won't try to come here. The courts have already said that that is not a sufficient basis for these rules. Okay, good. Um, <clears throat> are the, What are the other big must-watch issues in immigration Well, um, I would watch right now the lawsuit over the administration's interim rule barring individuals from applying for asylum in the United States if they didn't apply for asylum in any country that they passed through. The Supreme Court just lifted an injunction that would have prevented the administration from enforcing the rule during the pendency of of the lawsuit. Um, The practical effect uh, of that rule is that most Central Americans and other individuals who seek asylum at the Mexican border, except for Mexican nationals, will lose their right to apply for asylum here. There's no basis for the rule in domestic or international law. 
and it ignores the danger that asylum seekers may continue to face in some of the countries they pass through, including the transnational criminal organizations from which they may have been fleeing in the first place. Mm. So you can talk about some other ways where the Trump administration has pushed back on previous policies. Sure. So um, we've seen under this administration, the attorney general's unprecedented use of a mechanism whereby he's been able to erode um, longstanding protections um, and basically reverse case law. Um, for example, in the case of protections for domestic violence victims mm -hmm. fleeing their countries because of abusive spouses or partners, as well as individuals fleeing persecution on account of their family membership. We've also seen an astronomical rise in the use of immigration detention, even for people who um, have lawfully entered the United States. So under the Obama administration, I think towards the end, we were seeing about 30,000 plus people detained a day. And now we're seeing um, more than 50,000 individuals detained a day. Mm -hmm. And this is a problem um, because it makes it very difficult for individuals both to hire an attorney and to represent themselves if they don't have an attorney. And statistics show that the vast majority of individuals who are detained and unrepresented lose their immigration cases. And that's the case even if the cases are meritorious just because it's so difficult to prepare an immigration case. And those include asylum cases. So rocket docket. Well, that's another. So that's that's another issue. Um, so in immigration detention, generally cases move much more quickly and people have difficulty hiring attorneys in some cases because since they're detained, they're not working and they're not or perhaps they're working in the detention facility, but they're not earning an income that's sufficient to hire an attorney. Um, additionally, a lot of the detention centers are in rural areas and it's difficult to access attorneys to get attorneys to come out to some of these facilities that may be hours away from a major city where attorneys have their have their offices. Mm -hmm. But also, like you said, those cases tend to move much more quickly. So there's there's less time to prepare. Additionally, sometimes you need an expert witness in a case. Um, and again, it, it's difficult to get um, people to come out to the facility to meet with with clients. Sure. Um, any, anything else that we should uh, look at? Also, I'm not sure that we covered this, but how quickly could a lot of these be f changed in a new administration? Although a lot of these things aren't going to happen because they're being argued in court, they're being challenged in court, correct? Right. So they're being challenged in court. That That's correct. Um, it, it really depends how in terms of how long it could take for these ch things to change under a new administration. It really depends on on the on the issue. Of course, when it comes to regulations and new administration or rules, a new administration could change um, course when it comes to changing case law, in addition to case law um, that the attorney general has established it, it can be a long process. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks so much for joining us. See you at the border. Thank you. All righty. 
Thanks for joining us at The Explainer. If you like the show, leave us a five-star review with your podcast provider and ask your friends to subscribe. You can always drop us a comment at explainer at miami.edu. Our show is engineered and edited by Christopher Alzadi with theme music composed by Ray D. Kim from the Frost School of Music. I'm your host, Annette Uguez. Today's show was brought to you by Miami Law's Immigration, Asylum, and Citizenship Law Area Focus and the Miami Law Immigration Clinic. For more information, visit law.miami.edu forward slash immigration. Thank you.